Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. Right. Give me those mic checks. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic test. One, two, one, two. Oh, man. You should be more forced. That's what I'm talking about. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Our Charlie should be trying to come in being all sexy and no, shit, I man. Don't. You don't put these, ain't this, what is this, poinsettias on the table? <laughs> yes, poinsettias. Yeah. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I was poinsetta. shooting for it. Poinsettia. Mm-hmm. Oh, kick it, do kick, pick He's just too excited to be back. Man, I, I man, when we be taking these breaks, man, sometimes that shit. I, I knew you weren't going to last. I, I, it yeah. just, but see, this is the thing. I was going to last. The homie Overton from Denver is back in town. Mm-hmm. You know, when he, when people come in, they always want to jump on wax. So he'll be on one of the episodes. So, so I have so, to thank you. And then I, I wanted to bring you back. And then, yeah. Oh, so. then I wanted to bring you back. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we have no for real because we be. Ha- I told you I was like we have a lot of fun when we're talking on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't freeze up when he comes back in the studio. Why you got to put me out there like that? We're not even starting Nobody the podcast. We're not even on the podcast yet. You know, spider recording. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but that's. The, I mean, and well, you gonna use it as? A- I probably yes. will. <laughs> you are now listening to the reality is the reality is boy you back. <laughs> <laughs> It feels good too. That's where I went wrong in the relationship too. Suck his dick, don't pacify. Well, okay, I got that too. (laughs) (laughs) I was not supposed to be on the mic. I don't like to say people when I mean white people. Acknowledge the shit that black people have went through. Excuse my voice, y'all. I've been drinking. (laughs) This is Big Mama's, uh, oh God, one cheek. It sounds like the the quality sounds a whole lot better in this thing. I've been working on it a little bit. You have? Yeah. I can tell, man. You can always tell the difference. Yeah, you can. Every time we come, it's like we take a break, we come back, and the shit sounds like 10 times better than last time. Mm -hmm. I've probably done... Hundred shows since the last time we are here, and then people Jeez. wonder why I should be sounding better than they should. Yeah, no wonder. No wonder. Surprise! <laughs> but man, we back. We got. Uh, you know what? Also, I was gonna say if you want to listen, because you know we have someone in the studio that's listening. I was gonna say, bro, if you want to take a, you don't have to speak, but if you want to take a headset just to be able to hear, we got a guest in the studio. He'll be on the next episode. Artesia, we are back in the studio. We wanted to kind of hold off, but then. It's kind of hard to hold off. No, correction. I wanted to hold off oh, because man. I told you I was adhering to the break. Uh-huh. You never adhere to the break, okay. which is no surprise. So okay. we're back. I even invited you up to the studio. He did. Just because mm-hmm. I knew you would be one to come. That's what, mm-hmm. and he, like, he hit me up and he's like, hey, bro, I'm going to be here at this time from this time and this time. He's like, if you want to come through, come through. And I think I so hit Artesia. all of y'all have been working in cahoots yeah. to cahoots. get us back yeah. in the studio. Because Overton wanted to be on... Um, and he was like, hey, we going to get back like, in the studio. He was like, you going to do this episode? I'm like, nope, I'm adhering to the break. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't I was inviting you up for a show, though, just, yeah. to, just to hang out. But I love being around the studio. Mm-hmm. But you know what? While she's talking, she went and got her hair done yesterday. You want to tell the story? 
She wanted to go get it. This is the thing. I tell her all the time. I deal with the reality is Instagram all the, the time. And mm-hmm. I deal with the inbox all the time. So if somebody loves a topic or a show, uh, some content from the show, they'll hit us up on the inbox. They'll give us some insight to what the show was. Or they'll be like, yo, that show was dope. That show was great. Overton does that a lot. Mm-hmm. To where it kind of feeds the fire in you to where you like, yo, somebody actually fucks with the show. So I'm going to actually go ahead and get some more content yeah. and get in there. And you Artesia know, always be- wants a nigga to wait on the breaks but when you have people telling you I love to hear what you got to say mm-hmm. you come in it so she got a little bit of that last night so my stylist was like I'm not feeling this break y'all on you need to get <laughs> off the break give me an episode and never take a break again so <laughs> yeah so that, that like, shouldn't happen though you definitely got to take breaks you have yes. to and or I think I try to tell people just that like crush your creativity you exactly. do and that's what actually started happening when we started doing that shit I think we started at one point for like a year we were doing like damn near 10 12 episodes a month yeah that was a lot of fucking content but we did it but i did it too because i'm gonna tell you who did that michael rapaport's podcast inspired me because that nigga was putting out three or four a week and he had started like two years ago and he was already at like at 300 some episodes and i was Mm -hmm. like he putting Uh, in some fucking work he had the time and exactly exactly but whatever he wanted to get on then you had somebody come behind you and was actually trying to catch up yeah with us a couple of people did that yeah and honestly i felt good because i was like i'm making people step their game up like they start getting better on the create on the creative side they start Mm -hmm. putting more episodes out and honestly it did that's the hard part is like not having all day to do that and not having a team producing your shit to say hey here goes some content to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's what became draining because it was a couple of times I was like, what are we talking about today? Mm-hmm. And it was up to a point where I'm like, we don't want to start talking about societal, like hip hop and shit yeah. that everybody else is doing. So the only way to do that is like fall back, have some actual experiences and go from there. Mm-hmm. Rudy, I'm glad that you enjoy listening to the show. I know people like they, they people act like they don't like them, but when you give them personal direct messages within your podcast, people like that. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to give a shout out to Rudy. I just We did. don't say the names like that's two, my, two that's three my times. Girl. We she need to add one know. of them things when I edit what up, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, real talk, though. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, today, man, we're going to kick this one off. We're going to talk about, actually, we was going to do dating from long distance. But mm-hmm. I actually want to talk about meeting and catching up with my homeboys from Texas County first. Oh, yeah. Can we start on that? Yes, please. All right. So it's been a minute, bro. Like, you know, you go home and you feel at home when you're back home. It kind of grounds you. It roots you. It lets you know, hey, you know, this is where I'm from. It kind of puts shit in perspective. I haven't been home in a while, but I was able to catch up with three guys that I grew up in my neighborhood with mm-hmm. from the ages of probably like six years old to probably like 13. And then we had to abruptly move. Mm-hmm. My brother was 13. I was 12, I think, maybe when we left the neighborhood. Why are you looking lost like that? Because I don't think that's the you were 12 and your brother was 13. It was probably maybe eight. We was okay. probably there for four years. There's, I thought I there was a bigger know. gap between. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, what you mean? A bigger gap between me and my brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, th- well, he was 13, I was 11. <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe I smoked before I came okay. to the studio. Hey, <laughs> give me a goddamn break. So, basically, we caught up with some guys that we hadn't seen in over 20 years, bro. Two uh, two brothers we hadn't seen in over 20 years. My best friend that we used to get in trouble with all the time, I hadn't seen him because he had been in and out of jail. You mm-hmm. know, he had his stints or whatever. But catching up with these guys, man, like, I told Artesia a lot of stories about when I grew up. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times you could tell niggas, hey, I did this in the streets. I did like, that. that I nigga did. Lying. And they'd be like, oh, you lying. 
And I know a lot of times I would tell Artesia things I did. And she'd be like, yeah, because everybody only knows me for who I am now. (laughs) Everybody thinks I'm so fucking playful. Everybody thinks I'm strong as shit. I'm like, I done been weak. I done done some things. Mm -hmm. So literally when they came in, they were telling all the stories about shit we did. They were saying names of people that I had mentioned in the neighborhood who helped us do certain things. They Mm -hmm. mentioned and brought about a lot of stories that could match up with the stories I told her. So the whole time I'm like a kid as they're telling these stories, I'm looking at Artiz. I'm like, see, you remember I told you, <laughs> hook man, hook man. Remember I told you about hook man? So it's like having all those stories and then actually being around dudes who a lot of times I'll look at my life mm-hmm. and when I'm struggling, like I told O, I was like, I've been struggling lately. Yeah. And like like you told me afterwards, you were like, you've been on, so hard on yourself about not being where you feel like you should be in life. Mm-hmm. And like when they came over, because not being from, funny, they're from the country too. Yeah. So they know when you're doing well mm-hmm. and they know what looking bad is. In the beginning, it was like they looked like little kids, like walking around your apartment. Yeah, because they checking out like, the view. Yeah, it was like, man, it's a nice view. You got. I think they was imagining something else with their view, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all they kept talking about was fucking. Yeah. Well, when you walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all they kept talking about. They was like, bro, if I. And then yeah. one of them said they was like, if the girl was riding me, I'd have to turn her over so I could look out yeah. the window. She'd be. He was like, I'd be fucking, but I don't know if I'd be focused on her looking out the window. But it did make me feel good because it's a lot of times like when I'm struggling, I'm like, damn, did I get myself in a bad place? Mm-hmm. You know, did I overextend myself? Did I, you know, do all these things? Because I don't think people think about when you want a better life. It costs money to maintain that. And then I'm a type of person where some people may say, well, I have this life and I want to I want to keep this life. And some people say, well, I have this life, but I, I'm going to downplay or downgrade to go do. Some. I'm not a downgrader. Yeah. I, I, and, no I've all, and I've always told her, I'm like, I want more. So that means I need to work harder. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out something else to do to make more money to think, keep going up. I think that's the way it should be within reason. Of course, you True. have some people that go overboard and like, oh, I'm never going back. I'll yeah. just do the next thing to get me to the next point. Just keep but I think up. that's OK if you have a certain level of ambition yeah. and you're able to match that in reality. Yeah. But that was my thing. But just seeing them walk around being like, hey, bro, you're doing good because they know where we came from. And they told a story about like the neighborhood and in our neighborhood, oh, we had yeah. a, what What did they say? We were the only ones on the, on y'all the, were the only house with a driveway. Yeah. On the block. And I was like, yeah. I didn't think about that. And he was like, y'all the ones had the money. And, and I'm that's like, why I was like, your mom, that's why she doesn't think that y'all were ever poor. So if you go back to the episode where I had my mom on there, you know, we were talking about how broke we were mm-hmm. and my mom never seemed to fathom that we were broke <laughs> before. And it's like, mom, we were poor. Cause the way that they were hyping up, like even how you described yeah. the house to me, I was like, dang, man. I feel Didn't bad. I take you back by there when we went home one time? You did, but it, of course now. The neighborhood like, looks yeah, dilapidated. Yeah. yeah. But, but they were just like, yeah, y'all was the only house with the driveway and all this other stuff. I was like, oh. It was just a lot of shit that I started to remember. Mm-hmm. And when they when they started telling all these stories, and it, it makes you go to a point to where people have heard me talk about being poor and, and not having a father growing up mm-hmm. or him being in and out. And it makes you go back to where it's like, damn, you also had some good times. But sometimes that that negative shit, Mm -hmm. it overshadows the good shit. So having them back in, man, it was good, man. Catching up with the homie Jason, Teddy, Melvin, man. I appreciate you guys. They looking at me talking about some, hey, we've been trying to catch up with you. You like you big time. I'm like, bro, no. No. And thank y'all guys for hyping up my food. Oh, Lord. I really appreciated it. No offense to these niggas. I said, but hey, this is, I mean, when niggas have been in prison. I said, when niggas done been in prison. I mean, anything. Takes you, wow. You will not downplay my cooking, I'm though. not saying your cooking okay. was bad. We, yeah, we made like this little pasta dish. And when they came over, the game and shit was on. And I was like, well, hey, I don't have wings. Me and her just got through making this little pasta dish. Mm-hmm. So if y'all want some, you can have some. So, man, they went in there. One nigga, Teddy got one bowl. 
He ate it. He was like, man. He said, you can see the seasoning. He was like, you can. He was like, y'all must have made this. He was like, you can literally see the seasoning on the chicken. So then he ate some, and he was like, he got back up. He walked in the kitchen. He came out, and Jason said, Teddy, don't you eat no more than <laughs> And he looked like a little kid. He, did look like, he, he was like, oh, Jason, why you got to call me? Like, <laughs> like he was about to get another bowl. <laughs> and I told him, I said, y'all could go ahead and have another bowl or whatever. And he was like, no, nah, I'm going to chill. So then Jason got a bowl. He told him, damn. This shit is good. So he <laughs> ate some. Jason got back up. He ate out of Artesia's bowl. <laughs> he ended up getting the second bowl, but he ate Artesia's bowl and her fork. Yeah. I said, and then he said, I don't know whose this is, who fork I'm eating off of. He was like, but this is good. So Artesia, she just sitting over there smiling because she loves when people love mm-hmm. her cooking. Yeah. I've told the story Appreciation. before. Appreciation. I like her cooking too. But ever since we ate with my homeboy, Richard, yeah. And his wife made those ribs and that macaroni, and, that macaroni and, cheese. and cheese. Now, mind you, it is very it good. It is very good. But your ass be acting like don't ain't nobody ever fed you anything good. It's just you different. be like, damn, I get over here and I just, and then you got to go back for Thursdays. This nigga took you see how Tupperware. He took Tupperware to Thanksgiving dinner. Not just one piece of Tupperware. He had like a large container, several small containers. Yeah. But cleaned them out. But but you remember the episode where we talked about last year? It made up for last year though, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like I told her, I said, yo, I, you know, y'all coming in with paper plates and foil. No, I ordered me some good Tupperware off Amazon. He ordered Tupperware Tupper, for this occasion. I ordered me some Tupperware off Amazon and I brought it and I kept bringing it out. And everybody looking at me like, are you sick? My mom embarrassed. And I'm like, we take plates home and y'all take other people's shit. I came prepared. Why is anybody bothered? So thank you. Jason and everybody else who came out. Yes. I think I want to jump to Queen of Slim. Okay. I'll let you kick this off because you actually wanted us to go to see this movie. I wanted to see it too. Yeah. But had I known what the ending would have been, have you seen it? Okay. So I, well. We get no spoilers. Okay. He said what he said. Go ahead. Okay. Or do you think we should wait? I don't think it should be any spoilers for anybody. I just feel like. you You need to see it. You need to see it without spoilers. People, it's enough other people out there watching it. So we're going to be the first pass, uh, podcast to be like, yo, we're going to let it pass. We'll come back and do I it. I just but feel like it was a really great movie. I do feel you like it was a great. Of I, I didn't points. like the way they had black people selling out other black people. And I didn't like the fact that we should have been able to survive in a way that we needed I, to. I we could have wrote, wrote the story. We could have got away with yeah, the shit. Yeah, you wrote the story. But I think it was a point of also writing something that was realistic. It was a very real story, even to the point of black people selling out their own people. That is we do real. that like people do that all the time. But can we not create a different narrative? That's the power of movies. You can create a different narrative, but I think sometimes it's a point of putting it on a big screen and say, hey, this is the shit that's happening to make more people aware of it, to want to change it. But what about the good people? There are people I've never sold a motherfucker out. Me. Either. So what about the times that a motherfucker needed somebody? Can we not show black people help? And we know there, that the truth, that it's that also a truth too. I think there are other shows that have shown that. I think we are getting to this that point. This is different though. But I feel like the the story inside of Queen and Slim is what made it so beautiful. The black love part. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. I just think the movie would have been a ten for ten had they. Allow them to make it to Cuba I or didn't some even, shit. I didn't even go into it with that And pick a Mexican guy to sell them out. I didn't even go into it with that expectation. Because when we both saw who sold them out, we both looked like, damn. But we both knew it was coming. Yeah, because when we saw yeah. the nigga, we was like, we don't trust this nigga. <laughs> we looked at each other in the movie. I was like, I don't trust this nigga. 
When yeah. he, and then when that nigga say you, I, you could, I'll leave y'all here or y'all could come with me. Yeah, I'd have been like, I'll stay here. I'll stay here, bro. I'll take my. Chances. I didn't trust. We both looked at each other in the movie. We was like, I don't trust this. Yeah. Nigga. But I think what it taught me was, for I don't know. I feel like I have a good sense of uh, discernment mm-hmm. with people. Like I, some niggas, you just know not to fuck with. Mm-hmm. Some people you just shouldn't run with. I don't want to talk too much about it because I think you definitely should see it. Yes. I do want to talk about dating long distance. A lot of people. Um, have sent me some questions plus i've had my experience Office. well my experience oh, okay see this motherfucker i, did, I didn't know where I we were t- going yeah I- see see and this nigga say i got a leaky lip <laughs> boy she be <laughs> so long distance I, that's something i couldn't do that's something i want to talk to you about on the next uh episode too but dating long distance i've done that before mm-hmm. but i wouldn't do it again and the reason I wouldn't do it now is because I can pretty much, I'm either going to emotionally cheat or, or physically, physically cheat. cheat. I'm going to physically cheat because you're going to give me probably the emotional mm-hmm. that I can handle. But physically, yeah. I'm not waiting two months, three body. months, four months to see nobody. Quit making me sound like a whore. This motherfucker, you need a warm body. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Who doesn't? Yeah, but uh, so I couldn't do it, but I did do it. Before I moved to Dallas, I was in a long distance relationship twice. Mm-hmm. It was one girl I told you about who was at church. Yeah. And that ended because she was so stuck to church. I wasn't with that shit. And we just got into it in public one day. I'm not going to tell those stories. She really was. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. So. We're not going to tell the we story. Stopped, no, we're not going to okay. tell the story. So stop <laughs> talking to her. The second time was the time that I was still doing my dirt back home in Texarkana. Um, I felt like I was running. I was on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get out of here. And I need to get somewhere that I can get my shit together, get away from certain games and gangs and shit like that to get away. So I met a girl here. I used to come up here all the time to see her. But it got to a point where I was like, well, she can't come see me because when we met, I was like 21. She was 19 or eight. I was 20, 21 or 18 or 21 to 19. Mm-hmm. So she ended up coming out when she came out. She came out one time. She came down with my mom because my mom had moved up to Dallas, too. So she came down with my mom. We hung out, had a great weekend together. And I was like, I don't like being apart from her. So I was like, you know what? To get away from the shit I'm doing down here, to have a better opportunity at living, making more money, I'm going to move to Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving up here. But the thing about it was, like, I knew within the first three months and the times that I saw her within those first three months, I wasn't going to be able to do no long distance. Mm-hmm. Girls were still, like, girls would still be coming by my crib, but it was like it was harder to not smash them because you knew you were supposed to be loyal to somebody else somewhere else. So... Me personally, I wouldn't be able to do it. I think that I think you could do it. I can. I think you could do it. I think most women can do it mm-hmm. because women, if they emotionally attach to you, it kind of that satisfies them a little bit more, yeah. especially if you tap and into I like those my needs. Space, so you do. I don't have to be attached at your hip. Could you do it now, like at this age? Yeah, if it was somebody that I trusted and was. That's the thing about me because I'm always realistic too. Yeah. Like I know it's difficult when you're dating somebody long distance. Yeah. As long as we have an understanding. I'm cool. But how long before you feel like you would have to be together? Like, I feel like if I did I it, it now, six on, months to a year, that's all and then say. we would have to, if it was, if it was a year, we'd have to see each other at least six times. Yeah. It's definitely like, it's not going to be a month that's going to pass that we don't see each other. Yeah. Like I know some people have been in relationships and they're like, Oh, well they were supposed to come visit, but something came up. So it keeps getting pushed back. Yeah. No, that's not going to fly. But what I want to know is how many, it's like when long distance relationships, niggas never had the money to go see the girl. The girl always got the and go, see that now see that ain't gonna work either. i don't know how That's it happens trash. but i'm telling you every time i fucking hear it even with my situation like when i first did it it was me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because i was doing what i was doing so it was like it was easy to have money 
But I started being like, damn, this is costing too much to come down here to mm-hmm. drive because it was like three and a half hours. So driving down here, getting a hotel, doing I was like, yo, this shit, you spent a thousand dollars on a weekend. Just doing that shit. I just like any reason to travel. So I'm good with it. But just know it's going to be a two-way street. Women. Like, I'm not asking you to cover me, but you need to be able to cover yourself at some point. But I don't think women. The reason I also think, and I'm going to make this quick. The reason I don't think. I think long distance is dangerous for women because I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean a guy is a bad guy. But most dudes, if they doing long distance, they still getting pussy where they at. Of course. And every woman needs to know that that is a 90% possibility. Mm Mm-hmm. But speaking from a guy's perspective, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care for you or like you. Exactly. Niggas just wired different. Mm-hmm. And I've seen good men be in situations like this, and I'm like, I understand. And I understand that. When As I was a woman, a, I do understand but that. But you're rare. I know. Because most girls would be great, like that. Which is, is also why I don't understand why I'm still single, but hey. I'm thinking you'll figure that out soon. <laughs> soon. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. When that shit comes, so somebody asked me that too. That was like, <clears throat> we listened to the podcast and it was like, we love y'all chemistry. Mm-hmm. Then they always want to ask us again. Don't ask me again. Yeah. Stop. Let it go. Let it go. Next subject. Okay. I'm looking. I'm actually looking to see what's <laughs> going on. Oh, I did want to talk about um, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to a lot of people lately. Oh, yeah. You and have. figuring stuff out. I, Ooh, you've been on a rampage. So I'm trying to figure out. Okay. So one. One of one of the people they, they I don't have to say a name. Mm-hmm. So you've heard me talk about on the podcast having a partner. Like now you are my partner of this business, mm-hmm. and I had a partner before you. And you know we kind of set went separate ways because when you build a business, it it sometimes it's more beneficial to one person than the other, mm-hmm. or one or the other person follows the directions or the lead of the the business, and somebody else falls off. Mm-hmm. Well, I had somebody fall off, and we had a disagreement. So with me getting ready to roll in 2020, one of the biggest things I wanted to do was address bad situations that I've had with people, make it better, move forward. You know me and we talked about it. Me and uh, one of the owners of Zumble, mm-hmm. we had our disagreement. We're back on road. Mm-hmm. We resolved that earlier this year. Then I talked to some old girlfriends. Me and you we've even had our conversations about, mm-hmm. hey, this is why it ended. Um, this is how I truly felt because I felt like a lot of times in relationships, if it ends you may address certain things. Yeah, I think I definitely, after our last conversation, I feel like you had been trying to protect me. Yes. And then in this last conversation, you kind of just let it all out. Yeah. And it was it was crazy because I had the opposite reaction that I thought I was going to have. Me too. Yeah. And I don't know, it was a good thing. Because it's like we- It's I, like I'm at yeah. peace now. I felt like we both, or at least Even for me- Even though I felt bad. Yeah. At least for me, I was I felt like I was holding stuff back from her because mm-hmm. I always felt like she said I wanted to protect- you know how I talk to her or how she feels because I know she cared about me mm-hmm. and we still have a friendship that's very delicate. So for me, it's like I finally was able to tell her, Hey, this is what happened in a relationship. This is how I feel about what mm-hmm. happened or what didn't happen. And blah. yeah. And when I say it blah, came out I just, like that, I just barfed a whole bunch of shit on her about how I really <laughs> and felt. And then hung up the damn phone. And I was like, you know what? Boom. <laughs> and I was just sitting there and like, I was, I guess the the way that you went about doing yeah. it, it kind of hurt me a little bit. Yeah. But when I processed everything that you said, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I and I walked it. upstairs and I started to call back and I was like, uh-uh, you didn't to. need to. I said, nah. That was like the perfect ending. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. So to say that, we got back on road the next day. And like I just got through talking about my homeboy Jason and them. Mm-hmm. She was there that night. And it's like 
it was crazy because we had a big it wasn't even really an argument. It was like a come to Jesus talk. Yeah. And a lot of shit was laid bare. Mm-hmm. And it was like the next day we was just hanging out and kicking it. And that's why I try to tell people like that's what's so special about our relationship and our friendship is so many other people in friendships and marriages and relationships. Like if they say something like Bleh, and just throw up on a motherfucker, people be like, fuck you. I'll never talk to you again. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. one thing I've always liked about her is when I say something, she listens. And if I say something that is about her, which is hard for people to hear shit about themselves, Mm -hmm. especially if it's negative or if it's a mistake. And one thing I used to hate, and I told her when we were together, I was like, I hate when people rationalize their faults. Mm -hmm. My father did that. You know, if you're wrong, just you're fucking wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, like being honest, I told you, I, like I I said a couple of episodes ago, I was like, I've been going through some financial, you know, strays of taking money out, paying off debt, but then student loans. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I had some student loan shit. And I remember last time Overton was here, he left some stuff and I was like, hey, I'm going to mail it back to you. Mm-hmm. And he sent the money. He was like, hey, don't you have to do it, but whatever. But when he sent the money, I was in a negative. So mm-hmm. it ate the shit. And I was like, fuck. And then for a week, because he's my friend, I was like, well, I don't want the nigga to think I just took his money. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I just had some shit happen and I'm still paying other bills. I'm still, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul to keep everything afloat, trying yeah. to do what we need to do with the business. And it's like. All right, I just got to tell this nigga. So we talked, mm-hmm. and me and him, at, we ended up talking about a bunch of shit, but we talked for like an hour, and I was like, hey, bro, I didn't forget your shoes. I'm just in a financial uh, bind right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got this, this, this going on, and I was honest enough to tell him what was going on, and he was like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And when he said, don't worry about it, I felt good. And some people probably thinking that's just something small. But for me, it's like I never want to let people down or, you know what I'm saying, seem mm-hmm. like I'm lying or using somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know how I got to this point. I don't point. either. But you were off to a good start. But it was and great. It was yeah. a, still a good message. The point of the matter is, I'm not scared to talk about my faults. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of oh, people act like you know yeah. shit is whatever. So I ended up talking to another one of my friends that we hadn't talked to in a long time. It was a person who this was a friendship and a friendship that went sour because the borders were crossed in that friendship where sex was brought into the situation. Mm-hmm. I tell niggas from 18 to my age, 37. Never fuck a girl who says I can have sex with you without feelings. It never fucking <laughs> works. It never works. Even if you mm-hmm. don't find out, may- maybe once it may be that one girl who's damaged enough. You always going to find out though. Huh? It- it'll always come. That's to what light. I'm saying. Yeah. They're going to be more defensive and at certain things and not mm-hmm. being funny. If you got a home girl that's always like, yeah, that girl wrong. When you tell her shit about other girls, mm-hmm. that's probably the one, the one who's always on your side and never calls you on your shit. Mm-hmm. That's the bitch that likes you. If you've never had confrontation, that's the bitch that likes you. If you tell a girl about your girl and why y'all arguing and you're the one that's wrong, but she still takes your side, that's the bitch that likes you. Which is something that I never understood why men talk to other women about their their women. Because if you have a friend, women make that shit easy. Just like y'all. Not being funny, I'm going to hit you with this rap. Same reason lesbians fuck with women. The emotional support. They get you. That's what's yeah, dangerous it's, about it's, bitches. It's they get they get bitches certain, and they get niggas. It's still a certain line that you shouldn't cross. Like, I I've been in situations. I'm never gonna talk about certain situations. When when we were together, I would never talk about certain situations mm-hmm. between me and you with my male friends because to me that's just leaving the door open. But I think I, when we were together, when I did it, because I did it to with one one or two people. But mm-hmm. I think I realized that hey, this person likes me. You after realized I would say certain that things. did it like super late. Okay. Next, 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 next topic. The art of cohabitation. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, yo, I could live with somebody. 
Mm. Something I've never been able to do. I know. You like night and day, man. I know. She was telling me, she's like, everything since we broke up, you've been changing. My God. You've been changing. You feel like you're getting better. You sound like you want to do more. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's still something that's dangerous. Like, I've never lived with a person before. Mm -hmm. Never. Another, uh, well, I never lived with a female, you know, or a woman. Don't want to offend anybody out there. But I've never lived with a woman for for multiple reasons. For one, I like my space. Mm -hmm. For two, um, most relationships, it seems like people end up doing more for the other person than the other. Like, say, for instance, like, I'm doing everything you want, but I'm not getting something I want. No reciprocity. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that, I feel like it would explode or come to a head quicker if we're living together. Yeah. And some days, at least once or twice during the week, I come home and I don't want to be fucked with. And most time, women want to lay under you, lay on you. Niggas was talking about that in the barbershop today. They was like, nigga, I can't never go to sleep at night without my wife on me or my girl. Like, y'all be all over us, and it's, like, different for dudes. Y'all want a nigga come sit on the couch, y'all come sit right under him. I think, but it's an adjustment (laughs) period after you start living with somebody. I think that's the case when you're dating somebody Mm -hmm. because it's like y'all aren't together all the time. So when you are there, then, yeah, I'm going to lay under you. I'm going to cuddle with you as much as possible. Yeah, but I just, I think I have a commitment issue across the board. You do. And a lot of people be like, whatever. But I like. Which seems to slowly be evaporating. It is, but it's still like, I'm right in there where it's like, yeah, it's evaporating, but I'm still kind of like, yo, like living with somebody. <laughs> the thing about it, let's be, let's, let's just be, I'm going to be dead ass honest. If I'm being real right now, if somebody wanted to live with me, it would be difficult mm-hmm. because there are women that text me. Mm-hmm. And then when there are women that text you, you don't want to feel like in your own home, you got to be like. Let me go to the bathroom to shoot this text back. Or if a girl sends you, you an audio message, you be like, I don't know if I can press play on this audio message. Is this a friend or is is this a friendly message? Because just like niggas have their jokes where they, you know, say crazy shit to you, mm-hmm. it's just different with women because women have their jokes too, but it just comes out different with a woman's joke because it can be sexualized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's another thing. I feel like if I'm living with a woman, I got to be literally on the fucking straight and narrow. I can't have no side bitches. I can't have no girl that gives me no blowjobs randomly. Like, because niggas still try to do that shit. Like, that's why a lot of niggas fuck up. They try to go into that shit with a single man's life. <laughs> nah, man. You got to get all that shit out the way. What you laughing for? That's it dead was, ass. It was the way you said it. I can't have no side bitch. You can't. <laughs> you cannot. Even, like, if I'm being honest, when me and her was in a relationship, like, she told me, she like, I know you entertain stuff. Yeah. And I was like, it would be times where I'm like... I don't know. I If I'm being dead ass honest, it would be times I'm like, all right, let me go in. I know I need to put this person on mute because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to come on my phone at any time. And when me and her was in a relationship, because I still felt like I had nothing to hide, which is kind of like an oxymoron a little bit. It I would is. let her use my phone anytime. I never like I never had a code on my phone or nothing. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, use my phone, whatever, whatever. Knowing that I was risking it, that somebody could possibly send me something. Yeah. Not because I was entertaining to a point of like flirting every day, but like sometimes girls, you post a picture on social media and a girl will hit you and be like, I see, mm-hmm. I see you. And if I ain't never said shit and she pick up my phone and be like, hey, Mr. Man, I see you. Why are they calling you Mr. Man? Who was Mr. Man? But I think it's different because there have been times when I've seen stuff pop up on your phone. Yes. And it, I always look. Why do for, I still feel shamed? And we ain't been <laughs> together in years and I still feel shamed. I always looked for your response first. Yeah. And I, I got to give it to you. I always told you, you cold. You good with the shit. You goddamn right. Yeah, you good with the shit. I said, damn, this nigga good. Like, he ain't saying shit. It's like you saying, like, just uh, enough, but not enough to be like, oh, man. oh this, he being disrespectful. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm the type of nigga, I would be like this. I'm the type of nigga, a girl could send me an audio message. Mm-hmm. And literally, I'll listen to that bitch. 
and I'll respond. Mm-hmm. But you, it's all in the way you say things. Yeah. And I told her, I told her one day, I said, your best bet is if you have a question about me, just ask me because you're gonna never, you're never gonna catch me. You're never gonna but catch see, me. But see, that's the thing. I never tried to. No, catch I'm not you. saying you will. But there's some bitches out there that be like, oh, I will catch you. No, bitch, I, I just always, you would never I just catch me know if I don't you want a, you to catch you're me. a good motherfucker. I, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. God gave me style. Mm-hmm. God gave me grace. God put me, yeah, whatever the fifty cents say. God put a smile on my face. God put the smile on my face. God make me shine like the sun. God make me shine like the sun. Sometimes I feel like I'm the one. Sometimes I feel like I'm the one. I just reach for style. I'm hot. I break it down. It ain't my fault. You can't break it down the way I break it I'm just, down. I mean, if you are, I think the key to not getting caught, I don't want to, you know, coach people Turn in the into, But Take this on the road. Just don't be greedy. Yeah. That's literally it. Like if you, he got a, can you, you got a mic for, for him right there. He coming in. If if you're going to live with a woman, you, you got to cut. You got to cut all of that. You got to cut. The There's no way, bro. Yeah. You make, you giving yourself a fucking headache. A future headache by doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Any dude, and to think about, think about the benefits of living with somebody. Your expenses are cut in half. More food in the refrigerator. <laughs> you should be getting more pussy. Why not just? Should, you won't get more. pussy. I know you won't. I see, you see. I said you You'll should get, get more. I said you, sh- on should. you should get more pussy. You get less pussy. Yeah, you get less pussy because I'm sure you're gonna get sick of each other. You was women, about to say something. I think women want to fuck more than guys do. Depending on the, the woman. When you're in a relationship, the woman wants to fuck more than the dude does. Women can fuck more than the dude can. Yeah, they can. That's crazy. I was having a conversation with one of my friends this morning. Nigga, take some of that air out your voice. Let's just back no. this shit up. What are you talking about? I was talking to my No, friend. I was. <laughs> I just got... <laughs> Breathe, bitch. I am breathing. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I was having a conversation with yes. one of my friends this morning, mm-hmm. and he was telling me how his girlfriend is super sexual. Yeah. And he was like, sometimes I'm just not with the shit. Like, sometimes I want to take a break. And I was like, damn, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, and if he was on Pornhub and that statement was a video, it'd be niggas in the, ca- in the comments saying, pass it to me. What's her name? <laughs> I'm just, you know. Yeah. If niggas is, if if that's, yeah. So it's funny that hearing him say that but in it's, this moment. You do have to cut it loose, though. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the main reasons why I've never lived on anyone Mm -hmm. because if the relationship is not i won't say a hundred percent but if it's not on the up and up most of the time Mm -hmm. you're always going to be seeking something from the outside Mm -hmm. i feel that way that's why communication is important that's why switching shit up is important and if you don't you'll always be seeking something from the outside it's a different lifestyle i think it is here's 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 what most men i think will agree on about going out to get pussy it's hard work It takes it, it, time. Ooh. It takes fucking money. Uh, it takes you gotta be creative. You gotta think up shit. You gotta have character. Yeah. You gotta have you got you know what I'm saying? You, you there's do. a lot of shit that goes into that. I'm trying to see if I can once find Once you this have a Bob. chick <laughs> Once you have a chick, like you don't have to keep you, I mean, you keep the romance alive, obviously. But you don't have to keep putting on the rigmarole that it, it by tickets to shows and shit and like impress You can just watch a movie on TV with commercials. Netflix. I'm just saying. Twelve ninety nine a month. But it's a good deal. But <laughs> what you have at home has to have something to keep you at home. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to just roll up. We could just kind of tie him in. Combine we got it, yeah. yeah. Because and and bring and, and and the voice that you're hearing is Overton. He's been on a couple episodes. He was just on the last uh All Guys episode. But mm-hmm. I also I, what were we just saying? I tried to play it off, but I It I was a relationship. It. Like when you move in with somebody, 
You got to be done with the shits. You can't. You do. You you can't do that no more. Right. You know. But the reason I've never done it, I remember uh, when me and Arteza were together, we thought about it at one point. You know, mm-hmm. we thought about being like, hey, let's let's move in. But we know the issues that we had, mm-hmm. and I had, and not being. And funny. then I also have kids. So and my that attitude, was a big adjustment. For and you. my attitude, mm-hmm. and it's like kids, and I know that it was a point in my life where my attitude, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. I was like, there's no way that I could live with somebody else because I'm like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to have kids there, like I had never really dealt with that. And then trying to build a rapport with her yeah. kids because it was a point where like her daughter didn't fuck with me at all. <laughs> like I could buy Christmas gifts. I could yeah. show up. I could. Her son, me and him was always cool. But because her daughter was a daddy's girl and, you know, her ex-husband, as people heard on the podcast, he's mm-hmm. a great guy. So it's like I didn't have a place. So I was like, yo, I can't come here and, and provide and be whatever. And then I'm you just talking about a tremendous lifestyle change. It's a big being yes. a single man yeah. into yeah. a family of three. Like that's 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 a huge lifestyle. change. Yes. You got to ease into that. Yes. You know, and I mean, making that transition from living with somebody and you know, living that single life, yeah. there's benefits to it. Like I was saying earlier, like it's expensive. It's it's time consuming. Yeah. It's lonely at times. Yes. Cause if you out there fishing all the goddamn time, like sometimes nigga, you don't you don't catch nothing. Now I like what you just said, and you can chime in. Lonely. He said he's lonely. Mm-hmm. A lot of women think Hold on, I, ain't, I ain't say all that. He no, didn't say he was lonely. He no, said it's lonely. It get, no, I'm just saying time. it gets lonely though. It it gets lonely doing <laughs> that. Put yeah. me under the bus. No, I'm just saying <laughs> it does no. get lonely one day. And a lot of women do feel like we're the only You're the ones only one. Lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all going date lonely. after date. And I remember telling her after about a year or so of dating, I was like, yo, this shit is kinda I told her, I was like, it's lonely out here because you could go mm-hmm. out, like you say, you go out, if it's not a great date, then you've spent money and your fucking time. Mm-hmm. You come back home, nothing was accomplished. Yeah. Not even that you went out trying to get sex, but sometimes guys want stimulating conversation. Mm-hmm. We can get pussy from anything from some random bitch to online to somebody who's actually interested in us and we're interested in them, but sometimes it's the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things I hate with dating. I've come across a lot of women who are, I'm going to be honest, it's the women who are the most intelligent to me that has some of the most boring conversation because all they are about is what they know yeah and intellect it's no fun you know what i'm saying like it's great to be an intellectual and have mm-hmm. those political conversations and shit that's a specialist that's not an intellectual it's, an intellectual it's, and that's what it feels like. defined by their curiosity mm-hmm. if you're just a specialist like she'll tell you everything there is to know about, about whatever whatever, whatever she's coding does. or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. That's that, what's boring. That's and a lot of women don't have anything don't else outside of it. The, <laughs> the same way with men, though. Like, a lot of men only talk about sports. Some grown-ass men only talk about video games. That now. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, okay to talk about bits and pieces of it, but yeah. if that's your whole conversation, I'm not interested. But I think it's just about, I, for me, that's why, even going back to, like, the online dating thing, that's why I said that's always been difficult for me because mm-hmm. it's I, I've not been able to get a connection anytime I've ever done that shit. And then to do it now, it's like, it'll just be experimentation. Mm-hmm. Just fucking. Experimentation. Oh, okay. Then what do you do? How do you date now? How do I date now? Yeah, where do you go? Oh, I mean, for me, honestly, I don't, I just live. And if it, like, if I'm in the gym and I see a girl giving me the eye or we checking each other out, if a conversation starts from there, Maybe at the gym, if it's going like if I'm working, like I deal with clients going to certain properties, it may be somebody who works somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times when I've met women, it's been through somebody else, somebody I worked with or an a lot area. Of hookups. I, yeah, it's just a lot of hookups through, lot going of through hookups. events. Yeah. Go to an event or a networking thing and somebody see you and they be like, oh, you're not married. You're not with anybody. Oh, I know somebody. I had a homegirl hit me the other day and they was trying to check me up, with, hook me up with this Mexican chick. And I was like, what's her background? 
oh well she still goes but the first thing she said was her ex-boyfriend i'm done <laughs> what are we talking about let me give hookup advice for those that want to couple their single friends who they feel sorry for it look <laughs> if it's a dude picture first yes don't tell me her name Nothing. don't tell me what she does i don't give a fuck let me see what she looked like yes now we can talk then we can talk that's and it's that simple a lot of people, I think a lot of times people try to complicate when complicate guys. Like if you're looking for something like for me right now, if I was to get into a relationship, the only thing I'm looking for, please, I have to be aesthetically pleasing. Like I have to see you and be like, okay. Then when that happens, it's like, what are we talking about? All right. And I mean, uh, right after the looks, that entails the body and the outside part. But it's like what your ass is pulling the thing off the seat. No. Like last time, okay. No, that was you the last time. Don't try to put that on me. But for me, women, women look at uh, beauty a little differently. That's what I was gonna say. I think I've always been an equal opportunity dater. Like I know I have not think because that I ain't rather, always good. It's it's not. There's got to be a through line though. What's the through line on the guys you date? I just feel like like how he said, <laughs> show me a picture first. I don't necessarily need the picture first. I kind of want you to paint a picture like what this. Like, who is this person? To you. Tell me more about him. Yeah. And then you can show me a picture and then I'll decide. But most of the time, I'm not like, I'm not super picky. Height is important to me. Yeah. Which I have none. Do you think the guys you've dated have a theme? No. None whatsoever. Outside of being intelligent, (laughs) ambitious. That's it. That's a big theme. But it's but as far as looks are concerned, no. No, nah, he was just totally overall, different. Yeah, oh yeah, overall. but overall it's just intelligent, ambitious and, men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank that's you. A, that's a thing. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But it is true because before her, like her husband is a lot like me. She always just said that she like you and him are a lot alike as far as all y'all do is try to fucking work, try to build something, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So he's a lot more family oriented. Yeah, than I am. I am. I'm very family oriented, but I think he's more of. Um, he knew he wanted a family and he made one. Well, his family is, is larger and their name means a lot. Yeah. So that, that whole legacy thing is yeah. important. And it's important for aspect. me too, but that I like to talk about a kid, like, yeah. yo, and it's not just like a financial thing where it's like kids finances, it's like raising them in the world today. Yeah. Knowing what I go through as a black man on a daily basis is like, you want to have a kid, especially with mm-hmm. the world is kind of scrambled up right mm-hmm. now. And knowing you can't protect them from everything. everything. So for me, I'm like, I, I, I'm not sure if I want to do that. Yeah. I'm not sure. So I was listening to Def Sex and Money. I tell people if you haven't, and if you haven't listened, you need to go listen to Anna Sales, Def Sex and Money. So on the last episode I listened to, they were talking about cheating and they were saying cheating happens. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are trying to figure out like, why does cheating happen? And to hear some of the stories was crazy because one lady was talking about how she had cheated with this guy who she knew he had a husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knew he had a, a wife and had kids and everything. And she was talking about how uh, when his wife would call, he would take the phone call and, you know, walk out of the room and he would answer the phone and he would have a conversation. And, and Anna was like, well, what would you do? And she was like, I would just watch TV or, you know, entertain myself on the phone. And when I heard that, I was like, I liked it because a lot of people try to normalize cheating or a lot of people try to always say if you cheat it's bad Mm -hmm. and it was stories on there where people were like I cheated or I had an affair and it was the best thing that ever happened to me and when people and the reason they said that is because explaining it one woman said the guy that I was cheating with 
made me feel better than anybody else that I had ever been with. I had never been loved that way. I had never been cared for that way outside of sex. He just made me feel beautiful. And I had never felt that before she was like, and it had, and if it had to come at the hands of infidelity, so be it because of the fact like your husband has that opportunity every day and he never made her feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, guys that she's dated before they've had the opportunity. They've never made her feel that way. And when she said that, it made me think about some situations that I had. And I've talked to her about when I was on the outside of like being with a married woman. Mm -hmm. Like I told her, I was like, the reason I've been able to tell my stories is I never looked for the married woman. It was like, yo, this bitch bad. I'm smashing. Oh, she's married. I don't give a fuck. It would literally just happen like friends, networking events. You connect with that person. Maybe that person inboxes you. The conversation starts. It keeps moving. It grows. The friendship grows. Maybe she's unhappy and that shit. You got something that you're craving and that person is craving something in some kind of way. The energy's coming together mm-hmm. and it happens. And then when it happens, I know I was in one situation where I was like, I literally have never been treated this good. I was like, God damn, I've never been. And I wanted to stop. But I was like, how do you stop something that's this good to you? I think the business of marriage sucks the romance out of a straight out up of a relationship because mm-hmm. when you got to run that enterprise that that is marriage, like run this household, make sure these bills get paid, everything that comes along with that. I think that sucks the romance out. Yeah. And especially if you talk about doing that for like a seven year period. Have you most people haven't fucked anybody for seven years straight? Yeah. Not most people, you know. So when people talk about making a, a commitment at an age where. I mean, you you heard the podcast where I was talking about marriage, so yeah. you, you know my kind of my stance <laughs> on it. Like, that's so unreasonable. Fifty three percent of something marriages end up in divorce. Like, it's you're basically signing your whole life away. And if you're a man in this country, like you could get fucked if yeah. your girl is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she could ruin your shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it's another a hell of a risk. It was another lady on the podcast who said that she was the one who cheated on her husband because of a lack of passion. Mm-hmm. He hadn't cheated. And when he found out about it, he wanted to get a divorce. And let me find the saying. So she he said, just, how long had they been married? They had been married for, I, honestly, for what she said they built, because I think she was a doctor. Mm-hmm. I think 20 plus, yeah, 20 plus years. And see, that's the but part listen, that. But listen, this is the part that threw me off, because he wanted to throw it away. And she literally said, I, she said, our 20-year relationship can be destroyed because my vagina was in the wrong place for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. She was like, so you're going to throw all of this away. That's the so, part that I never understood. And the offer that she made him was, she said, let's have a fluid relationship to where every now and again, you get to have somebody outside of the marriage if you want to, mm-hmm. and I get to do so. She was like, I'm not willing to throw away this house, these yeah. kids, this money we've saved, all because I was somewhere for one hour yeah. because I needed somebody to do something that you haven't been able to do or you don't care enough to do. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody that I really care about cheating has never been a deal breaker now when it turns into like habitual Habitual, cheating that's a different story but i've never understood people wanting to throw away their entire relationship off of one mistake yeah i think it's just about i think when you get down to the whys Mm -hmm. like i think if you ask the fucking questions like some of the things that's why i say i've always respected you because it would be some situations like i'm gonna tell you like this and she could tell if you date me you got to be ready for some brutal honesty Oh, yeah. You, I'm talking about, I'm going to say the shit that I and know before I so, say it, it's probably going to cut you, but it has to be said. That was or what it's cutting me. was so surprising about your throw up moment yeah. the <laughs> other day because all this time I've known you to be super honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so when I got it at that level, yeah. I was like, what? But that's why I said, 
even if it even if your brutal honesty like is cutting somebody if mm-hmm. you don't allow that shit to be said it's cutting me because mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that i was holding in i was just like yo this i need to say this shit yeah. because what i felt like is i was faking mm-hmm. and i ain't a fake and person yeah so i literally felt like i was fucking faking and when i said it what i loved like i say i go back to saying what i loved about it was you were like yo i get it mm-hmm. i'm glad you said it i didn't know that, that, that that's how you felt but thank you for finally saying it and i was like I didn't want to say it because I knew it was going to hurt her mm-hmm. and it hurt her. That's why she said it hurt a little bit, but also it felt good to hear the truth yeah. and be able to digest that and then process it. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about before that? You were talking about looking at the reasons why people cheat. Yes. And were, yeah. And a lot of people don't understand. I think when you, when you talk about why for me, I've been cheated on quite a bit and I told her, yeah. I never thought about it. I guess I just kind of <laughs> blocked it out of my head and I thought about it. I was like, damn, when I was in Texarkana, I dated a girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember opening up her car and I saw a letter where she had wrote a letter to this guy. And I was just like, okay. And I remember addressing it with her. She said whatever she said, eventually broke up. But in my mind, I didn't think of it and be like, damn, she was emotionally gone. Mm-hmm. She cheated. So then that happened. So then when I moved to Dallas, the girl that I moved to Dallas for, she emotionally started cheating with a guy. Found another guy online. I found out about it. Boom. Yeah. Then I got with the chick that I was with before you and mm-hmm. it was like a ban- it wasn't cheating. Well, yes, emotionally cheating again. It was like I always find a letter or email. Mm-hmm. And the reason I never was angry about it at the most uh, for the most part was because I knew I was detached. Mm-hmm. So emotionally these people were looking for an emotional connection that I was not able to give them. Mm-hmm. But none of them was ever able to tell me up front. She was the first person that was like, yo, you're disconnected. Mm-hmm. I talk to you. You don't fuck. You like looking out the window yeah, like just... nothing bothers you. You ain't whatever. So when she told me she wanted to hold hands, I was like, I ain't into that hand holding shit. I'll lay behind you in bed. That's what you want. I could do that. But when you start dozing off, I'm done. That's it. And you know it, was, what I'm it literally was like man. that. <laughs> it was literally like that. He'd be like, okay, you got to get off me now. You are a hard <laughs> man. Look, you was talking earlier about women like to cuddle. Yeah. There's some cuddly ass dudes yeah, out there. Yeah. I'm a cuddly ass dude. Oh, I know. I was going that yeah. way. You know, I like to cuddle too. Yeah. But see, and the thing, and I remember we, me and him were talking one time, and, and, and I think I told him too. I was like, it's not that I want but I have to be connected in a way to get to that point. Mm-hmm. It's doable. I think I'm more, um, is it susceptible to that now? Yeah, you are. Okay. So I'm more susceptible to that now to be able to do that and be open to it. But you have to make me feel away. It, it's hard to do that if I don't have nothing. Hold on, y'all. Back to the hand-holding thing. I got to oh, get Jesus this off. Christ. It was time well, you where. better start because I may have to go dig in my bag and pull <laughs> out some You always digging out some shit on me. So it was times <laughs> where we would be out and I would be in the moment and I would just grab his hand. This nigga would full on jack away from me <laughs> in public. People looking like, damn. Because it caught me off guard, bro. <laughs> it was scary. It caught me off guard. But see, this is the thing I learned when I went to counseling last year is I, I have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling the story in counseling. And as I was telling the story, she when right before she told me, I was like, I got it. And we both said at the same time, I was like, I got abandonment issues. Because yeah. I was thinking about all the girls who had did what they did. And the thing about it is all those motherfuckers always come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I just literally talked to one last week. And she was telling me all this shit. And I was just, I got tired of hearing it. And I stopped her while she was talking. I said, I'm so sick of my exes saying all of this shit about the guys that they're dating now who are fucking them over. Mm-hmm. When y'all left me or I wasn't enough because I wasn't an emotional enough. Y'all wasn't there to work with me. Y'all wasn't there to see me through nothing. Y'all was just like, hey, this ain't it. I'm going to find it elsewhere. People got to realize, like, all of us are works in progress. All like, the time. We all start from babies. If you look at some old man, he, he started from a baby. Like, 
you grow as you as you get older. Yeah. Hopefully, if I mean, you got to find somebody who's trending and yeah. like mm-hmm. and hop on something like yeah. make an agreement, make a deal with them. Yeah. As far as the commitment and the relationship goes, because it's fucking it's damn near 2020. It's yes. some, there's some it's agreements that's been made out there mm-hmm. that they wasn't making in the 50s. Yeah. Yo ass, no hold, no hand holding. Woman, look, I'm going to lay behind you till you fall asleep. That's it. And he waits until I get gone. real comfortable. And then right, 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 before I, dog. <laughs> right before I drift off. All right now. Yeah. Well, Roll she, on over. I, I would literally, because see, when, when she would go to sleep, she would take those three deep breaths. She'd be like, and I was like, okay, this motherfucker's getting into a deep sleep. Not I've been tonight. told. I've been told I jerk violently before I go to sleep. What? Yeah. yeah, because a lot of people is like when you getting in it, is, it, it pop your ass up, man. Before we get on, I want to uh, give a shout out to the homie Jarvis. Yes, he always listens, but I didn't know who this nigga was. So you know, everybody been posting these ten year uh, pictures of like what they used to be ten years ago and what they are now. Mm-hmm. So I posted a picture like before I had locks and before I had tattoos. So a lot of people liked the picture, and then Jarvis came through, and he was like, "Look at this nigga with them little forearms," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> So first of all, I didn't know who it was because he has multiple accounts. Yeah. So when I saw the shit, I was like, first of all, I, I, our, me and our teams were sitting on the couch and I said, well, who the fuck is this talking about me? <laughs> now I was about to go in on him, but I went to his page mm-hmm. and before I knew who Jarvis was, I because I've never seen this guy. He's just a listener um, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. He loves the podcast. Shout out to you, bro. He pays money monthly yeah. for the podcast, which we don't even have anything out there that you can pay for. He just does it because he wants to mm-hmm. keep listening. Yeah. I go and look at this picture. The, it's a picture of him <laughs> on his page where he's doing yoga butt naked. Yeah. Now, I didn't know. Now, mind you, I didn't know that this was this nigga, though. This, he was just talking shit. So I said, is this the same nigga with, uh, you know, posing butt naked with a big back on his page? How you on my shit talking about my forearms? I was like, plus, I wasn't really lifting then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and your body makeup is different. Everybody knows if you have small uh, ankles, you probably got small wrists. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. If you got a little calf muscles, probably got a little form. You got big biceps, probably got big thighs. That's just the way the shit is. Long arms, long legs. Mm-hmm. But I saw that picture and I said, <laughs> how dare he? It's crazy because I didn't even know who he was. All I knew is somebody was following me yeah. and it was the dude that was naked yeah. doing yoga. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, who is this? But before, I couldn't tell. But before I went in on him, after I said that one comment, I was about to say another comment and he hit me in the DMs. He said, you do know this is Jarvis. I was like, bro, I was about to light your <laughs> ass on fire. <laughs> I was like, I was wondering who the fuck was coming at me on yeah. my goddamn page. <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to him. I also want to talk about, hold on, I found something. I wanted to talk about in Overton. I, I want your thought process on this and Artesia. So I was watching Miss Fletcher on HBO and this young kid, uh, Mrs. Fletcher is basically about a woman who's divorced and she has a son who's going off to college and mm-hmm. she has an emptiness. She's haven't had sex in three years. So she's exploring her sexuality being a single mother now with an emptiness. Mm-hmm. Her son goes off to college. He's a big shit in high school. He ain't shit in college because he ain't really smart. Because she babied him. She babied mm-hmm. him. You know what I'm saying? Cleaned his room, did all this shit, whatever. So he goes to college. He ends up meeting this black chick. So they messing around. First time, she starts to give him head. They only kiss before. Never anything else. So He's when, white? Yeah, he's white. Okay. She's black. Right. When they got ready to start touching or whatever and they start kissing, like she stuck his her hand in his pants. He wasn't on hard. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. This has never happened. She's like, I can fix that. So she started giving him head. Well... This is their first time. And the reason I'm bringing this up is what does consent look like to you? When they, when she was giving him head, he started basically getting into it and started like fucking her throat. 
So she's looking up at this nigga like my mouth's full, but he's holding the back of her head and he just going to town. This is HBO. You know, they show the shit. <laughs> so after a while of that happening, like her murmur, like mm, mm, his eyes is closed. She punches him in the nuts. So when she punches him in the nuts, she was like, get the fuck out of here, you asshole. And he was like, I thought you were into it. She's like, I couldn't even fucking breathe or say anything because you were so into it. First parts of the show or the first season, uh, episodes of the show, he had messed with this white chick before he came to school. He was used to this white chick. So he was calling her all kind of like filthy bitches and sluts mm-hmm. while she's sucking his dick. She liked it. Oh, so that wasn't his first time getting that head. That wasn't his first oh, time no. getting oh, okay. head. So he was doing and treating this black chick the same way he was treating a white chick that he was used to mm-hmm. getting head from, like calling her, you fucking filthy bitch. Like he just fucking that worked for them mm-hmm. exactly but he didn't he didn't ask the he question he didn't ask the question or nothing shit, yeah. and in my mind i was like he's probably thinking because she's sucking my dick she's game for whatever but it's like just because you're able to do certain things with other women doesn't mean you can bring that same attitude or that energy to another woman so what's the question what's how do you find consent like my the thing that threw me off is afterwards she started feeling like she had been degraded so on and so forth and i was like well, how and I understood both parties, mm-hmm. but I was like in his in, for his defense, because he tried to come back and apologize. But I was like, how would she have known this is what he like and how would he I, have look, known this is OK? Not OK. I would have no problem with how they figured it out themselves. Yeah. But I think if it gets elevated to like, yo, he raped me or something like that, like we hope slow, slow down. It didn't get to it's, that point. She never said that. But yeah, she if, was just. If, yeah, yeah, I could see that y'all disagreed on how it went down and everything, yeah. and hopefully y'all could talk about it like adults, or you could just not fuck with each other no more. But yeah. as long as it that's the end of it, and it don't go up to nothing legal, yeah. no one pressing charges, anything like that, then yeah. I think we in a good space. But I think it's it's getting too crazy out there as far as you know, uh, people getting raped in on on college campuses yeah. when really it's two drunk people making poor choices. Yeah, right. Like maybe they feel bad about it after the fact, but yeah. let's let's not let's make the difference between. You know, some some white boy drugging some girls. I don't mean look, yeah. Black dudes drug girls drug, too. Look, yeah. mm-hmm. you drugging some girls, drink, dragging her behind a dumpster and and, and plowing her like yeah. that dude at Stanford did that yeah. swimmer. You know, that's yeah. we need to put. That's a different thing. That's a different than like two drunk people making poor yeah. choices. So how would you how would you uh, go about that situation? The reason I brought it up is because I was like, it's a lot of dudes out there who don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like he literally felt like shit after the fact. But she was just past the point of being like, I'm accepting your apology. And for myself, when I saw that, I was like, well, at this age and even as a kid growing up, I never was that guy that you heard me say on the podcast before. If sex comes up as a topic, the woman has brought that shit up. And then when she brings it up, I'm all in. But I do ask certain questions. I'm a texter. I'm going to send you a video of the type of shit I like to where you I will know by the time we have intercourse what type of woman you are. You, You do that now. I did but it. Th- I'm telling you. When we I, fuck, I didn't do that when I was. I've a kid. always been that kind of person. Because I knew man. how to do one thing. That's when I'm pile drive bitches. That's <laughs> all I knew how to do. <laughs> now I didn't do all of that. Like when I'm not saying I did all of that when I was younger because I didn't even have that. You know, we didn't have that capability. But the conversation of like talking, I never just went in and I'm like, oh, she giving me hair, pow, pow, just mm-hmm. like knock her down like in her mouth. Like for me, I've never been that guy. So when I watched it, I was just like, I get his point. If he's done this differently, like. I may not have done it in a mile, but I fucked a girl roughly mm-hmm. like the first one, like the last one. What's your take on it, Altizia? I think that there should have been a conversation. It's a TV show. It is. So it's kind of hard to like. It's drawing your think, own conclusions. I think in real life, there definitely should have been a, a conversation. I think you should go about finding out what each person likes, what they don't like. So that way you have a better idea. Even if you are used to certain things in the bedroom, I wouldn't say you just go full on with it when you're experiencing somebody new. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you this. Like, the reason I used to, and I say pile driving bitches with love, uh, the reason I use that. <laughs> That's the name. The, the reason, yes. <laughs> the reason I use that term is because, like, when I was younger, I thought, like, good sex meant hard sex. Yeah. Like, and I didn't want to be no bitch. Like, if I wasn't going to have you go tell your friends, I would. I nigga hit it like a bitch. Like you weren't finna put me out there like <laughs> yeah. that. So all I knew was to go hard. And and a lot of girls I used to fuck with when I was that age, um, they was into that. Yeah. Like I used to fuck with. They they like to get fucked. Yeah. Um. Not everybody likes to get fucked. I found that out when I was uh a, an That's adult. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that when like I was fucking with this older woman. Because women don't normally tell you. Older women will yeah. tell you. They will. Older women will yeah. tell you. I was fucking with this older woman. And I went. I went for my fucking WWF moves. And she, she was like, "What? The, what in the fuck are you doing, nigga? You yeah. do not bend me over like mm-hmm. that. What? What's wrong with you, young man?" Yeah. <laughs> and she talked to me. They said, "Young man." But she was capable of communicating that to me without degrading me. Yeah. You know, and, and when you're younger too, like you, you don't want to not get pussy. Like you don't want to fuck it up in the ninth inning. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm here. Yeah. I done rounded all these goddamn bases. Yeah. I done bought these dinners. I done took it to the body. I didn't engage in this boring bitches conversation. Niggas on the hunt for pussy will engage in some shit. Let me tell you, they'll yes. drive. They'll talk to dumb skellywags uh, yeah. just to get some. When you're when you're yeah. young and and you don't know no better, you yeah, still got to go real. figure some things out. Yeah. Like you got to get that out of your system. Every not every guy, but a lot of guys. Most do. of them, yeah, yeah. That's I true. think that's what they call toxic masculinity. Y'all can go to hell with that shit. They can go to hell with a lot of shit. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Like you said earlier, I think things are getting blown out of proportion way more than they need to in certain situations, not taking away from the ones that are real. But I wanted to talk about uh, the involuntary um, celibacy. That, what did you say it was called? Incel. Incel. Yeah. Can you explain us what that is? I okay. tried to explain it to Artesia. All right. You so, didn't do a good job. <laughs> so I found out about this. I was just cruising through YouTube and uh, I was listening to this uh, to this. It's like men and women were having this conversation. There was some feminist and some uh, self-proclaimed male, femi- male, me- I don't know what you call these dudes. I don't know. Like, they're like, they're, they're male rights activists. That's the name, I think. They're men's, men's rights activists. <laughs> and they're throwing out these, you know, inflammatory questions. You know, what is toxic masculinity? So on and so forth. And there's one dude who was a male rights activist also identified as an incel. Yeah. An involuntary celibate person. That means... This dude, for however, however long he's been trying to get pussy, 12, 16, however, you, uh, whenever you started, he has missed 100% of the shots that he's taken. Oh, wow. He has gotten zero <laughs> women to say, yes, sir, I will take some of that dick. All of them said, no, pass, That's hard depressing. pass, get out of here. It's depressing as fuck. It's very depressing. It's depressing as fuck. And, and like, I had never thought about his perspective because I don't suffer from his affliction. But it's <laughs> and when he was like explaining situations yeah. and trying to uh, trying to make excuses for his predicament, yeah, I could see where he was fucking. Oh, that's why you don't get pussy. Yeah. Like I, I could see every time he says something goofy. Mm-hmm. I, okay, that's why nobody's that's why. fucking you. You don't say it's somebody for everybody. But the question he was posing was what when he told me about it, he was like, "How would that make you feel if you took your shot at a hundred women mm-hmm. over your life from whenever you started dating to thirty seven years old? How would you feel?" Can and you I said, even fathom that? No, I could not. Okay. Um, I, but I did tell him, I said, I just said Dylan Roof. I was like, all these white dudes, and I told him about yeah. Evil, the oh, show yeah. that we were watching to where 
it's a guy on there who's a part of 60 devil demons and um he recruits people and mm-hmm. on this one episode he recruited this young white dude who had uh been turned down by a bunch of women he came to therapy but he didn't know that this dude was like a devil worshiper or a demon himself mm-hmm. so he kind of was coaching him and he linked him up with other guys like himself who weren't getting attention from women felt like women you know getting paid more was one of those things and whatever so he created this group and this movement and he basically taught this kid how to shoot and whatever and he was sending him in he basically was sending him to go vet out places to shoot up you know what i'm saying so when you brought that to me the reason why he was able to pick that guy is because he was an incel Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like he didn't feel powerful and for men looking for acceptance and that's what i found looking for acceptance and look and a lack of power with women Bro, and especially if they're coming to you, like a lot of people who are incels get recruited to do some goofy ass shit. Yeah, because a lot of people who come to you will give you that excuse that you're looking for. Everybody wants to blame something else for their problems. Exactly. Like I'm not getting pussy because women are fucking evil. Yeah, I'm not getting pussy because you know they they these women are having sex out of out of wedlock and yeah. nobody's loyal. Like all these women are sluts and so yeah. on. So that's why I'm not getting no pussy because I'm a real good guy. Like mm-hmm. whatever excuse they'll make for themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and and that carries into a, a very toxic place when like, with a guy like Dylan Roof, who was like, well, if I can't get no pussy, can't no, nobody breathe. Yeah. Like, I'm killing everybody. And it you was crazy I'm because they played it like that, like yeah. on, on evil. That's who they were making him out to be somewhat mm-hmm. Dylan Roof, because the demon guy, he was like he was the guy was like, well, I want to go shoot up this uh, gym with all women. Mm-hmm. He was like, because it's women who did something to me. But the demon had a bigger picture. Yeah. He wanted him to kill a priest who was basically on to him and the other demon. So he wanted him to kill a, a priest who was leading a woman's mm-hmm. like uh shelter for people, women who had been beaten, abused. Because so, he was mad at women. Because mm-hmm. he was mad at women. So it was like killing two birds with one stone. You get to kill this priest that I need out of the way, and you also get to kill women. I could fix this. But the thing that I, and they were at a church. So yeah, it was like it Dylan was Roof. But exactly the thing that like I loved it. about it that didn't happen to Dylan Roof is when the little white guy, he had learned how to shoot. So he mm-hmm. was in the mirror before he was getting himself coached up. So he was in the mirror like, pow, pow. he's like, you deserve to die. And he was saying <laughs> all of this shit. So this, this dumb motherfucker, I looked at it. I said, that's a he trigger like, thing. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> and when he blew the second one out, that nigga shot himself under yep. the chin. I said, oh, I, damn. I was sitting on the couch and I was like, <laughs> <"Sir> clapping. <laughs> I said, God yep. damn it, that's what should have happened. I wish shit like that would happen in real life because Dylan Roof wouldn't have made his shit happen. But when I watched that, I was like, People look at TV as entertainment, but it's a lot of real stories. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's been the ending for quite a few people. Uh, we yeah, don't we know just don't know about it. Yeah, they the, the message to, didn't get carried uh-huh. out. So, but and speaking about death, that's a good now. That's a good segue. I wanted to talk about the feeling of death because me and you had the conversation the other day about getting older mm-hmm. and just getting older and understanding. Hey, if I feel a certain ache or if my heart racing and shit, you yeah. know, whatever. So when me and her were together, she used to always tell me when I fell asleep, I would always like stop breathing for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So of course. I was sitting in the bed the other night. I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. My heart was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, Whew. I was trying to breathe. And I was like, yo, what if I was having a heart attack? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody in the bed next to me to say, hey. How old are you now? Call 37. Bro, go ahead and start taking baby aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> just get in front of it, bro. But what yeah. I'm saying is just like overall as a person, you know, you do start thinking. About, but I'm just saying overall it made me think. I'm just like. Think about being alone, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point. Like, we don't think about a lot of things now because we are still fairly young. But as you get older, you do start being like, yo, what if something happened to me and nobody fucking, oh, yeah. you know. I have thought like about that. that. Guy that Go ahead. Um, the guy that they just found in DeSoto, like, he had been dead for three years uh-huh. because his um, rent and everything, he was, like, in the military, was all on auto pay, and they just found him. Yeah. He, and nobody fucking For three knows. years. That's fucked up. Yeah. I thought about that shit before, man. Like, I'll be in my house eating some, like, 
sandwich with three pieces of bread on it. You have a hard cough. I choke Niggas had a sandwich with three pieces of bread. He'd have made him a triple decker sandwich at all. It'd be like that sometimes. If I choke on this bread, ain't nobody nobody going to be there. And not being funny, this is how deep I thought about it. When my heart was racing like that, I said, you know, you got to get to your phone while you having a heart attack. You got to go. You got to put in your code. Then it's like. Huh? You can do it from your lock screen. Yeah, so you do emergency. Yeah. But then, like, if you're having a fucking heart attack, your brain and, like, you thinking, like, you got to do all of that? I literally was like, yo, I pushed emergency and I was like, so I just call a number then? But then, I'm first about thing to get I, a life alert, man. I'm get I'm, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> because I said, do I call Artesia or do I call 911? So I'm these Artesia, are the benefits of living with somebody. It is. <laughs> you you got to stop bro. fucking side bitches. And but get you, you a main die. bitch to where if you don't die, you and you'll die. have food and sustenance. Yes. I'm trying to okay. tell you, bro. Yes. I'm trying to tell you because literally I thought that shit because I literally Instant on my phone. CPR person. And I said, right do there. I call her or do I call 911? I'm right across the street from the police department. And I still don't trust the niggas to get down. Nah. nah, I'm not calling it that. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I said. But, but ain't nothing. that crazy when you think about death? You don't think about calling 911. Uh-uh. You think about calling a motherfucker who has no CPR certification? No, I do. Oh, okay. I, I got. I, know. I don't know well, how y'all do it in Dallas. It could be a nigga in my house. We're going to work this shit out. I'm not calling the I'm police. Not, that's just what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Never. Because you will end up dead. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you end up dead, yeah, or in jail. Yeah. That's the other, I, but I really started thinking about that, and I was like, damn, as I get older, you do start to think about that shit. Yeah. And you want to live your best life. Like, I don't want to be 50 talking about I want to get married, and i am got them real aches and pains. Yeah, What nah. you going to do? No. Nah. I ain't trying to get nobody, and we've talked about that about yeah. men getting married and settling down when they're older, That's the and their scarier. life is behind. Them. Tell me, tell me, this is not much more scarier, like to be, you know, sixty five or something like that, and be trying to date chicks who are way, way younger than you, thinking about like, do I want to fucking die alone? Yeah. Like, am, am I gonna? Who gonna be taking care of me? Because I'm, I'm knocking on the door, not really being able to control my asshole the way I'd like to. Exactly. And see, that was one of the biggest concerns with me, um, because that was the story essentially of my great grandmother. Yeah. Like, um, she met her husband. Like, they dated, and then he went off. He was always a ladies' man. Yeah. He went off. He moved to California for some years. He waited. His health started to fail. He moved back home. He's like, "Hey, I want to marry you." They got married. His health took even more of a turn for the worse. She ended up taking care of him for the rest of his life. And I was like, that's not something that I want for myself. No, I don't want that for myself either. And I think like one thing I've done is I've gotten past the point of like when I was younger and I would see men who are my now, like my age now. And I would be like, this nigga just don't want to settle down. What I've learned is we don't know what the fuck tomorrow holds. We don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. All of us just literally out here trying to figure this shit out and figure out what's best for you. Every day I wake up, I'm like, even if I think about relationships or getting into one, I still have something on a balance to where I'm like, not yet. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And some people could just be like, bro, you could get in a relationship and just be better yeah. or you'll have more money or have this. But for me, I don't it's not that easy for me talking to a homegirl the other day. And she was talking about when she got married. She was like, my guy, promote, he proposed to me and we weren't even together. Like they knew each other. They had dated previously, but they hadn't seen each other in a while because he was in the army. Mm-hmm. And when they came back together to hang out, he was like, hey, let's grab lunch. But he always cared for her. And she was like, during lunch, he just got on one knee and he was like, I want you to marry me. Mm-hmm. And she said, get married. And she said, I thought about it and I weighed. The, yeah. I ain't saying that either. I don't but she was married. like, I thought about it and I weighed the options. And I was like, we have same things in common. She was like, she simplified it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, that's great. But I was like, it's not that simple for me. Like, I just can't get on my knees and be like, yes, my life is going to be better based on A, B, and C. I think I'm a Libra, so I say A, B, and C. D, E, F, all the letters of the alphabet, and then some. Yeah. Sounds like you got a lot of pent-up tension. You got something you want to say? I feel a 
Do you feel like I wasted your time? I feel a throw up moment attacked. coming out yeah. of you. <laughs> you feel attacked now. <laughs> like you feel like I did something But to no, you? I think it's just as simple as people make it. Like at some point you have to make a decision. I hear people talk about that too when they're like, oh, I'm not ready to have kids because yeah. this point. And, and I agree at certain points, you, you know, it might not be a good time. But there's never a right time to do anything because there's always going to be another option. It's always going to be something else. I think you just have to get to a point where you make a decision and you say, hey, this is what I want to do. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Life is coming fast, though. Life is coming. Like, I don't think 2019, because this is our last episode of the, mm-hmm. the season, to be honest. Life is it's life the last episode of the season. It's the last other, episode other, of the other, year. Of the year. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, man, like 2019 came fast. It did. Like 2019, like January, I was like, yeah, shit feel fresh. Yeah. Like Joe did, woo! Just February, I was like, no, oh, okay, still good. March, good. April, mm-hmm. May. <sighs> no, May was still good. Yeah, but that's why I said, <sighs> <laughs> at the end of May, then June, June was when it was like, and the rest of the year, and I was just like, I think the thing about this year, though, that I've learned, and we can kind of go around the table if you want to talk about it, one of the biggest things I've learned this year is how to trust people. Mm-hmm. How to trust people, how to forgive, and how to depend on people. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I've had to depend. Mm-hmm. And I do want to give a big shout out to my brother. Mm-hmm. I want to give a big shout out to Artesia. I want to give a big shout out to my mom mm-hmm. because financially when I've hit walls this year, you guys carried me mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to say that. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, with you being here, I want to thank you, uh, Overton. I want to thank the homie Reggie Rimbert. I want to thank uh, the homie Joe, Frank Menacon, because mentally you guys have helped carry me in different ways via support or you know, just creative conversations, you know what I'm saying? Like, and being able to open up, I think I've learned to open up more and be more vulnerable, mm-hmm. like telling you shit when I was like, I remember telling her, I was like, me and Overton, I got close and I was like, I kind of want to start telling them some shit because for me, as you know, with the podcast, I can't trust somebody if I don't feel like I can't tell you shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I'm able to tell you something and I'm like, okay, I could trust this person. So thank you to all those people. That's something I've learned. Um, I've learned truly to, if you're in a bad situation, like you just got to ride that shit out. Some situations you're not going to be able to get out of. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations where I'm like, all right, I could pay this off. I could do it, but I'm still going to be in a certain situation. So my advice to people who financially struggled this year or may run into that shit next year, look at what it is, find out what you can save and what you need and what you want. Decipher the two mm-hmm. and then ride the wave. Because sometimes it's going to be a situation that you cannot change. Only thing you can fucking change is your mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you don't change your fucking mindset, which is hard for me to do, you fucked. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing you ever really have control of. That's all, bro. Like, and that's what I learned because it would be weeks like I'm crying, I'm Mm -hmm. like sad, and I'm like, yo, people. And the thing about it was like last year was such a big year for the podcast and we met so many people that people this year, people started asking us to come places mm-hmm. or people locally start being like, hey, come out. And people will want me to come out. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I ain't got no fucking money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Artesia would be, she would give me the money or some, you know, if it's a business thing, she'd be like, here, I'll pay for it. So mm-hmm. you have some money to go get the drink. So just see how I go. And it would be times where she'd be like, hey, you need to get out of the house. Here go. And I'm like, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. just, I'm going to sit. She literally tried to give me a couple hundred dollars one time and I said, I'm going to sit this one out. It's like, what do you mean? I said, I need to feel this shit. Yeah. I need to feel this shit so I'll know, never feel this shit again. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going back to selling drugs to not have this happen. So I need to figure out a way. 
you sent me your resume of different ways to do my resume. Other people were like, hey, with the project management and supply chain field that you're in, this is what you could do. So I literally had to start. That's the spirit of a hustler, man. I'm telling it's, you, It's man. a good thing that you have it because could you imagine having the opposite of that? Like taking everything that's offered to you and just being, just acquiescing to live off yeah. of the people that want to that wanna keep you up. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you define manhood. Like people, and I, you know, on to that manhood conversation, Whew. like there is the, the internet, man. I've been, I've been <clears throat> probably watching too much YouTube, <laughs> but they, uh, like people, I feel like masculinity in general and, and being a man is yeah. kind of being attacked in, in the world. Cause yeah. it's being called different names like rape culture and, you know, toxic masculinity, yeah. all this kind of stuff. But what you're describing is the feeling of wanting to be a man. Like I want to stand on my own too. Uh, and if, and maybe some women wouldn't understand that when you hear that, like yeah. someone's trying to help you, let them help you. No, I, I got to do my own shit. It's different. I got to do my own shit. She would give me money and I'd be like, one time she gave me a couple hundred dollars and I was like, I'm going to give it back on Friday on payday. And she was like, why are you giving this back to me? I was like, you have to take it because it helps me. Sometimes it is just an ego thing. Right. It's, it's that fucking simple Your as ego, being a man. People, it's an ego. People, okay, people say ego and they, and they mean something negative by it, I think, a lot of the times. But you got to understand. Your ego is what keeps you alive at times. Yeah. Your ego is the one that's telling you like, no, I'm too good for this. Yeah. And I'm not going to do this. Yeah. You know, you need your ego. Don't add, people get mad at you because, oh, he got a big ego. You Look, so <laughs> this goes hand in hand with the whole uh, men cheating thing. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Women, <laughs> most of the men that Listen you up. that you want to fuck are it's because they can they can fuck other girls. Yeah, it's because there there's there's an art to this. Nobody like nobody wants somebody that nobody else want doesn't. That most men in the world, true. like I I found this out uh, not too long ago, but most men in the world probably have anywhere no not in the world in the U S uh, have anywhere between five and like twenty partners in a lifetime. Yeah, right. So if you had more than twenty partners in a lifetime, you've had sex with more than eighty percent of men. Yeah. in the U S. So what that tells you is the curve looks like there's like. 15 dudes getting all the pussy and everyone else is is, is feast of famine. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So ladies, <laughs> you're picking the same guy. You all want the same, same. guy. You want mm -hmm. power. You want nigga who's got skills, yeah. who's good at shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of ladies want that. So, be, yeah, go ahead. so, so if you're not going to want a guy that can't get pussy, let me, let me just, you're not. let me just break the news to you. You're not going to want a guy who can't get pussy. And it's you're going to have to figure out a way mm -hmm. to get to a level where you guys can understand each other and see each other on the same on the same way to expect him to just stop getting pussy yeah. altogether is which is the thing like his yeah. charm, his character, his flair, the way he dresses, the way he talks to you, like his his, uh, you know, the way he makes you feel. Yeah. He makes other people feel he like that. Feel the same way. That's one thing she mm -hmm. told me one day. She was like, and even since we've been uh, often say separated, like we done signed papers and shit. <laughs> But ever since we've been broken up, one day she told me, she's like, you can't keep, you can't keep talking to me like that. So what you talking about? She's like, you can't keep being as nice to me as you were. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And that's something that me and you talked about. I remember you saying that you was like, sometimes I could be dangerous for women because you was like, I am so loving. And like you say, you don't mind hugging and cuddling. And I, and I remember when we talked in Denver, I said, nigga, you definitely dangerous. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you all hugged up and cuddling and putting your arm around him and all that shit early in the game, because that's dangerous. Yeah. And like I told him, but you know that's what's dangerous. Like I told you, I was pile driving bitches back when I was younger. <laughs> and then I learned how to make love to a woman. That's dangerous. That'll, that'll fuck them up. And like the hard you can't part be doing that shit. You cannot do that. You can't do nothing slow with a girl. You don't plan on being with that's period. You can't do that. But that's what she told me. She's like, you can't. And mm -hmm. she's like, she's like, that's why all your homegirls like you. She's like, if they text you, 
you respond to them immediately like it's your job. I was like, I just respond the way I would want people to respond to me. Yeah, but if, a lot of people don't do that. So when they come across somebody that does, it makes you more attractive. I don't them. even think about that. Yeah, I just, and it's kind of like how you are with who you are. That's why you're, you're not an incel. You, you're just being who exactly. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Involuntary. That's such a nice way to say that. Yeah. yeah. Involuntary yeah. celibacy. Nigga ain't getting no pussy. Mm-mm. Nigga, I ain't getting no pussy. And that's my, I, I told you I could fix this. Sometimes. But no, hold on. Nobody listens to me. <laughs> you said you could fix what I could fix this shit. Incels. How you going to fix it? Legalize prostitution. Okay. It, I, you're probably going <laughs> to scoff at that when I say it. Uh, you're going to scoff at it right away. So I'm going to put it in terms that, that everyone listening could understand. Could you imagine, Artesia, if you couldn't have any chocolate unless a man willingly gave it to you? And when and when you're young, like you're asking your parents about chocolate because you heard about it on TV. People are talking about chocolate. Chocolate yeah. is everywhere. Chocolate sells. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, parents, can I have some chocolate? No, you're too young for chocolate. You can't have any chocolate. Wait till you get to this age, then you can fuck with chocolate. How do you get it? You got to go get it from a man. You go out there, you try to get chocolate from a man, and you just, it ain't working. You ask them, hey, can I wash your clothes? Can I, can I fix you some yeah, food? By any means necessary, they're just not giving it you to you. figuring out ways for get, to get this nigga's chocolate, because everyone is telling you how fucking good Great, chocolate yeah. is. <laughs> Melts in your mouth, it's fucking, Everything. it's velvety smooth, <laughs> like, chocolate's the shit, right? And you get frustrated, and you're like, can I go buy some chocolate? No, no, you can't, you can't buy no chocolate. chocolate. They'll put your ass in jail. You can't buy it, you can't trying to buy it. chocolate. They'll put you in a goddamn cage. They're going to embarrass you. Ah, look at that nigga trying to buy chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to put you all on the news and shit, looking sad with a, yes. with some numbers up under your chin. And that's the way it is. That, like, just make it legal. Like, there's women who are like, I'll fuck them. And there's men who are like, I have money. I think it's bad when you... I, like he said, going back to it, like for me, the first time I heard people talking about paying for pussy, you know, I know people like to be like, oh, you're paying for it anyway if you're going out on dates and shit. I still feel like not necessarily. I don't know. I've had homeboys that'll be like, yo, we about to go to this parlor that you go in, you go to the back, you pay this money mm-hmm. and whatever. And I, even the time that I thought about it when I was in my mid-20s, I was just like, I'm about to go exchange currency, but I got about six bitches in my phone. I can call their number right now and get my dicks up. The yeah, but the do you know if you're going to get that experience, that level? That is the thing, too. Because I think you're pay paying for, for the is, experience yeah, at that point. Or, some, or maybe at least you're paying. You would hope that if you're paying, you guarantee getting some good data. Yeah, and you're also paying for confidentiality because, yeah. you know. The sex with some of these. Not Stormy Daniels. That bitch run her <laughs> mouth. God damn. <laughs> Because of my Ludacris told us these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> we ain't listen to them. Nobody I, ever does. I just I don't think I could pay for it just from a mm-hmm. perspective of knowing you don't have to pay for it. But speaking on what you said about the knowing that you're getting a good service, mm-hmm. it's a lot of women out here, and I've said this before, they talk about their shit like they shit is gold and that shit is trash. That's what I'm starting to realize. Men trash. aren't honest about it. You know how hard, you don't know how hard it is to get pussy. Tell us how. Tell, tell us how you starting to realize it though. No, just having more conversations with friends mm-hmm. and like with women friends. Yeah, and okay. it's like the bad bitches. Like in public, they're saying one thing, but in private, it's like some talk. And it's like you you bring up some. Oh, girl, no, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. And I'm like, but, but you just yeah. So what? And you were about to say <laughs> they're listening to too much Nikki and all that yes. shit like. I need a real ass eater. Like, what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> well, and I was also going to say, like, a lot of niggas are not honest about They're that not. shit. Like, because you trying to get pussy, so you don't want to fuck it up. Yep. Like, okay. But if it's bad pussy, does it matter? What it matters mean? a lot. If, if you matters. Once you've had some good pussy. No, what I'm saying is you're <laughs> that's saying what I'm about that they don't. That. What I'm saying is they don't want to fuck it up. But if it's bad, why wouldn't you just tell them and keep it moving? 
Because it's it's better than just jacking Nothing. off. Yeah. Like, you know, you just. Some pussy is better than no pussy. And yeah. if they got a nice body, it's like it's still better to look at in person. And it might video. be fun to go out with. Like on on that topic of dates, like I, dates are for me and her. Yeah. Like I, if I'm a, if I'm going to go out on a date, it's, it, it's somewhere I want to go to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you, I enjoy the company because I could just take myself to Red Lobster. No, I don't go to Red Lobster on dates. I can visit <laughs> that nigga took it back to the 90s. <laughs> I used to go to, I wasn't above Red Lobster at a time in my college you know what I mean? <laughs> don't judge me no uh, judgment <laughs> but like I, I could go there by myself and have you know all you can eat shrimp yeah but it's more fun to mm-hmm. share those shrimp with somebody else now i did get off topic a little bit i wanted to ask you what did you what do you feel like the you learned the most or improved the most in 2019 for yourself oh the thing that i improved the most on because i was already picking it up in 2018 but in 2019 it came in full blast was setting boundaries and being okay with those boundaries because I've always been one to want to make everybody else happy try to keep the peace even when it was making me miserable but I think this year was the first year that I was actually able to say no um, tell people honestly how I felt about certain situations I ruffled a lot of feathers and I grew a lot and my friendships got stronger because of it yeah and I think I was proud to see that because I know with business, I was like, yo, Spider-Man, we talking about it too. It was a couple of people. We, I was just like, Arteza, you being too nice. They ain't paid this. They ain't done that. That's t- Cut these motherfuckers <laughs> loose. And when she called me, I was like, I know business can't continue to grow if you cut everybody. But I was yeah. like, some of these motherfuckers, you need to start like your, your, the way you talk needs to sound like a, um, what are them phone calls they be leaving when you owe somebody? A collector. Needs, you need your your tone needs to be more of a collector. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you hate to do that, but it's like sometimes I told her I was like, if we keep letting certain things slide, people are not going to take us serious as a business. Mm-hmm. And like I told you earlier today, I was like, I'm proud of you because I can tell you're learning that to where now you're holding people accountable to do things and you're coming at them and saying, hey, either this or this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got to give people options because people don't know how to think for themselves. So you got to give them an option so they will choose. And I think that's the the, one of the other biggest things that I've learned, too, is because I've never like I've always been told I have a certain set of skills, which I've known that. (laughs) Yeah. But um, Liam Neeson, (laughs) a particular set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) But I never really like focused on it like to say okay well this is what i'm gonna do i think this year i kind of honed in on those skills and was able to be like you know what i am more of a leader than i gave myself credit for yeah yeah well i always used to tell you that too because as the year went on like her voice started to grow over the podcast so literally people would hit up and they would want to talk more about they would want to talk to her or hear something from her like she's you gotten the offers to be on other podcasts to do this to do that Mm -hmm. and like i told her she wouldn't want you know she didn't want to take that growth but i feel like when you kind of hone your voice and own it people start seeing that shit as confidence which that's what it is Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying when you're willing to speak and speak up and now that you're doing that like i said you have your own place people talking about you when you go in the salon now people are like oh we want to hear more episodes they ain't talking about me they talking about you Mm -hmm. and i think and you had to get to a point where i think she had to accept that you know what i'm saying Yeah, i always shied away from like the spotlight it makes me nervous not to piggyback on Artesias, but that, that, I think that's something that I'd say I would uh, I'd learn this year is that I've learned to embrace my talents yeah. mm-hmm. and not shy away from them. Like uh, I've I'm a good businessman, and I've I, I've haven't known that yeah. for sure. You know, my whole life. Like I, I I started off being good at athletics, yeah, and that carried me through most of adulthood. Yeah. Um. You know, once I got into the working world and I was completely done with athletics, you know, I let my resume carry me, let my work ethic carry me. 
and have continued to promote and promote and promote and and do good shit until I am where I am now and just embracing uh, my talents like a lot of stuff has come to fruition that that I've been that I've been working for a while for so yeah. I've that's that's what it's been like not not shying away from it no more how do you build that confidence I know for me like a lot of times me and Artiz were talking about this earlier this week so like you know for most people I know when I signed up to start getting my MBA I didn't go through with it but mm-hmm. even the process of starting college when I was 30 and going to a university or a state college I started it was intimidating sometimes it's like when you take those new steps in life they're intimidating like right now next year I'm going to be working on some certifications you're working on some things right now mm-hmm. and it's crazy how as smart as we know we are mm-hmm. certain things that you have not done or when you get ready to level up new for territory. me new territory is intimidating mm-hmm. but it's like the the part that's satisfying about it is when you get into that new ter- territory and you excel in that new territory mm-hmm. and then you really get to that point where after you've done that several times like you say you start being like yo i am a damn good businessman you need yeah. that terror yeah. you need yeah. that terror because the terror motivates you to excel right so like you got to continue to push yourself into spaces that you're scared of because you'll grow in those spaces and then i look at it too and i'm like if you're not always doing something how are you growing mm-hmm. like if you look at certain people like take for instance some of our parents you know like they all they knew growing up was like get a degree maybe and get a good job more so get a good job yeah. man we got to realize where they came from that's like, what i'm saying like like some of my my some older people in my life like i you got to understand like they maybe they immigrated from another country yeah like they they grew up they didn't have shoes yeah mm-hmm. so like to be in america and and have a, a job and to own some shit like that's that's a lot for them just yeah. like you were talking about earlier like you're from texarkana and your homeboys from Texarkana is looking out the window like, nigga, you came up. Yeah. George Jefferson in his motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm and, feeling like I'm, yeah. Right. So that, so like it's all it's all relative. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you, we didn't all start at the same line. Exactly. You know what I mean? But so we, we got to make sure we keep that in mind when we draw on our when we draw on our finish lines and trying to assess where we're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like one, how do you gain that confidence? How do you build that confidence? The easiest, like the most straightforward explanation is you got to see, you got to see the ball go through the net. Like yeah. you got to, you got to see buckets. Yeah. Uh, you got to look back. Um, I think this is important too to look back and look and see how many steps have been taken yeah. already. Like, don't. This is what uh, successful, motivated, ambitious people do: is they just say, "Fuck all the wins. I only care about the losses. Yeah. Like, the losses matter. The wins. Just, I don't. You know, I'm not gonna celebrate the wins, but celebrate the wins. Yeah. Like, take 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 time for yourself to celebrate the wins. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, and I've tried to learn that because I I know we posted a lot of video this week, and I was telling Artizi, I was like. It's time to get. I was like 2019. Let's get. Let's have another. What was it? 2018. 2017. 2017. I was like, let's mm-hmm. have another 2017, 2018, but better. And what I mean by that is that was the year they were like, we interviewed a lot of actors, we interviewed a lot of business people, we networked with a lot of people, and a lot of times when we have those or what I feel like is a down year for the podcast or the business. This week I went through a lot of footage and I was like, damn, we've done a lot of shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like, like somebody like Isaac Keys, um, a guy who's acting on Get Shorty on Epics right now. Like we built that rapport with him to where now we talk all the time. So we told him, we was like, hey, we come into um, L.A. in March. We want to do another interview. And he was like, yo, I could do one right now. And I was like, well, we can't get out there right now. But, he, you know, to be able to have that rapport with other people who he's connected but even you know, beyond to all these that, people. Yeah, his friend that yeah. was like, hey, I want to be on the podcast, yeah. too. So and I've like, been listening. It's good. Yeah. Good and shit. people see you. And it's like when and I, I think one of the biggest things about the podcast that I love like just talking about where we've come with the podcast is like knowing where we truly come from, mm-hmm. knowing that me and her didn't think we were going to make it. And now this is what about what year is this about to be at a podcast going into 2020 going into the is it sixth six? year. Yeah. Something, something I've noticed about you guys, um, especially this last year is 
I love the the growth that yeah. uh, the RMG Media Group is having, like the cross pollination that y'all are doing yeah. with the ch- the champagne and lipstick podcast yeah. and the um the dad podcast, like like you and they're diverse groups of people. Yeah. Like these are interesting conversations that yeah. people want to hear, and I and I like how it's been curated. So like. I'm gonna pat y'all on the back too. I like y'all well, shit. Thank you. But the, and it's, it's good to it, I tell people all the time it's good to to hear that. Um, and it's crazy because I I didn't even think to put like a year in review, but I guess that's what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. But I am proud of um some of our other podcasts like Champagne and Lipstick. Mm-hmm. They did their first season. Um, they came in very skeptical about how it was gonna go, where yeah. it was gonna go. And I tell people all the time when you have that first podcast and you put that shit together, you don't know who's gonna fall off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I um, Shout out to Frank Minicon and the Quad Podcast. He held their podcast down while Idea and Nicole, you know, had their babies and brought their beautiful babies into the world at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Frank. We got um, Britt out in Atlanta, the Bad and Bougie Miles podcast. Yeah. If you guys get a chance to check her out, she talks about and interviews um, a lot of black women and power and companies moms. and millennial moms mm-hmm. who are doing their thing while having children. Um, who else we got? More in Dallas. He's doing a lot of uh, big things with events. Yeah, he's doing a lot of local events mm-hmm. here in Dallas. Uh, Shaversations. Yeah. Um, they've been on break for a minute, but they're supposed to be coming back soon, hopefully. But they doing their thing. Mm-hmm. We, we just, I think the thing about it is just like seeing growth. Like I say, looking back and seeing what me and Artesia were doing and have done and the situations and conversations we used to have where when we wanted to interview certain people, how nervous we would be. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, Artesia, just send it. But I was always worried about how people would view us. And I was like, yo, they may look at us and, and see this or that. You got so much content out there now. Like you get it is a lot. Get hit, hit them with a couple episodes and you know what you're getting into. And that's mm-hmm. what I say, too. And like and shout out to MZ Studio. Shout out to Spider-Man. Like they've helped the quality get better. Oh, like yeah. now this shit sounds better than when we were at the uh, UTA. Mm-hmm. You know, when we was at UTA. That was like one of the best times we had great quality. They, it progressed at the old studio. It's mm-hmm. progressed at this studio. Um, Spider always has his voice where he putting his input on the podcast to where I don't know what was the first episode he spoke on. But as soon as he spoke, I was like, we need that new dynamic to yeah. the podcast to have not only uh, a, a, another male speaking, but a white male speaking whose perspective is totally different, mm-hmm. who's ho- totally open minded. And that's what we wanted for the podcast, bro, to have somebody like Joe in. We're working on getting other people in. We got we just signed. we just signed yeah. another. Uh, I, do you know the name of her podcast? Love on the Run. Love on the Run. That'll be coming with Shauna Monahan, the sex therapist that we had on a couple years oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be coming under the brand now. She's creating her own podcast. So she already got a shitload of guests lined yeah. up. One thing I'm going to say, man, white she people bring be it, working. She bringing guests. <laughs> she's bringing sponsors. Man, like she, she came with White it. people be working, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? God damn it. I tell people all the time, I call everybody out and I hold everybody foot to the fire. But yeah. I also give credit what credit is due. Mm-hmm. And these white niggas be working. Yes, they do. <laughs> Why they be working, man? And it's a good group of people that are open. And like you say, they don't not only do they come to us for assistance, Mm -hmm. they give us help. Mm -hmm. They making shit real easy. Yeah. I got a lot of other stuff I would want to say, but we still got things in the world. I'm not. I'm not going to have a leaky lip. (laughs) Okay. But God damn it. If one of these things go through, it's going to be a great (laughs) next year. God damn it. It's going to be an amazing time. I just can't. I just can't wait. Like it just, I told you, my my heart felt full coming in here today. What uh, Keandra Jackson always says when she posts something, wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Shout out to her, man. Yes. She's doing her thing, too. Yeah. She's blowing up. It's like we interviewed her when we was out in L.A., and she's literally taking off. Like, now she's on The Doctors, The mm-hmm. Doctor Show in L.A. So she's doing a lot of good shit. Yeah. A lot of times, I told Artizi, I said, what we have to do, I feel like, in order for this business to grow, because when I think about what we're doing, I always think long term, and I'm like, I want us to be like CBS Radio at some point. 
Maybe it won't happen when I'm alive. Maybe I can pass the little something off and somebody will keep growing that shit. That's mm-hmm. what the Rockefellers and the Fords and all them. It started small and it got big. Mm-hmm. But the what, thing. What kind of hints can you let go of for uh, no, like. You, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> you will not take him down this road. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be like you're going to interview? You was talking about interviewing. I just think it'll be a happy Ooh, time. He is man. persistent. Yeah, he is. This is gonna be, it's <laughs> Christmas time. That nigga want to know what to get. Message received. Message received. But I do think, um, like I said, I want to get back to the point, too, where, you know, we, we get back out there doing like live shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I want to get back on the forefront. The thing, too, is a lot of people, I'm a competitive person. Mm-hmm. So when I see other people doing stuff, I'll look at it and I'll be like, we can top that. <laughs> or it'll be her. I'll hit her up and I'll be like, hey, we should do such and such. And she'd be like, well, I hope we ain't going to do it like that because we could do it better than that. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah. It used to just be me doing that. Now it's her. And i am like, yeah, now you coming on board. It's just like I hear Spider when he'll talk shit. Like, I don't know. No, name another studio in Dallas podcast-wise that has this kind of quality. I hear none a lot. Of of, none of them. <laughs> I literally hear a lot of them doing shit and I'm like, okay. That's but, cute. But the, exactly. But the <laughs> flattering part, too, is that you have a lot of people who – they never say it, but like she's even started to notice that people literally are trying to do what we do from MZ studios to Roberts media group and the things that we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to work on, I think something we can work on is better marketing ourselves oh, yeah, next that's year for some of the business um, on the list of things to do. Yeah. So having that part of it, but with that, th- with that being said, you got something you want to talk about before we get out here. We got 10 more minutes. But for us, it's like we wrapping up the year. Yeah. You ain't had to buy that many Christmas presents. I was so broke, I didn't buy Christmas presents. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, we're not doing a Christmas song to get out of here. That's what we will not no, do. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. We're going to do my favorite song from sure. the Queen and Slim soundtrack. I've got uh, Rudy's Big Booty Reindeer. Rudy's Big, big Booty. booty. <laughs> but I did want to say uh, thanks to all the listeners, man. Thank you for listening this year. We need to find out how many listens we have. The last time I think we put out, it was 200,000. Mm-hmm. So we need to find out that, get it updated for next year. But we look forward uh, to, to new things in 2020 crazy saying 2020 they said it was supposed to be flying cars by now and we still riding around flintstone in this bitch i saw something because i think you tweeted something on the reality is of the day and uh joe replied and he said hashtag 2020 vision yeah. i like that it that is good yeah 2020 vision yeah i, I like that yeah. so i wanted Maybe. to point that out damn well yeah. is that gonna be the hashtag for rmg for yeah that is it a, is see what i'm talking about white folks be coming with some stuff i give y'all motherfuckers credit <laughs> when it's due Trump, Equal opportunity. Trump, yeah. <laughs> Trump, I know you just you trying to get listen. I mean, you know, like Is he getting it, impeached? I, I don't know, but the nigga came out for the first time and I know the nigga doing it for some clout because that nigga said African Americans built this country. I said, What? He ain't nothing but a shit talker. I, that's all it is, <laughs> but, all he's ever been. And the nigga even shot a black person to point in the crowd. He told me, Am I right? Am I right? Fuck out of here. I said, This nigga is searching for and fishing for these votes. Don't trust him. All right, man. Spider, you can take us out of here. What we got? It's already been introduced. Thanks for listening. That's nice. Who is this again? Uh, It is Mariba and Black Black. and one other person. Short mind is double the report. Speaking about me and you since they got me off the porch. I've been beating black and blue. Story of my life, tell me something about you. Where you from? Did you stay or did you run? You ever thought about the daughter or a son? No, you looking for a Jason Thanks for listening to The Reality Is, a Roberts Media Group production recorded at NZ Studios. Our team includes Mike Zavala, Spider the DJ, and the RMG Podcast Network. For more information, please visit robertsmediagroup.co.
prime time Drake. I see it. Oh, yeah, moment. no, that was dope. that was really good. That's what I'm talking about. That was nothing from my end. That's what I'm saying. Weird. Nothing. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your face. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your face. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.